Welcome people, what do we do? What we do? should acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land. Yeah, thanks for letting us shoot. Sam, yeah. can you tell that landlord that we're really happy to be <laughs> <Yeah>. here? <laughs> let's get him in here, let's get him on the pod. You're an ex-seminarian? No, I don't want to. You don't want to do that? No. Nah. Well, let's not do that? Yeah. You do catechise people. <laughs> you catechise people. Well, I, yeah, so, like, what are we, what are we doing, why are we doing it, who we are? Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. James Donald Forbes McCann, trying to buy a boat, thought this might be a good little spin-off podcast. Yeah, but, I th- well, all right. So uh, the way that I normally, so I catechise people, I run yeah. through the catechism, um, people who aren't Catholic or people who are lapsed Catholic and come back and don't know much about it. Yeah. I don't want to telling you this because mm. you obviously know this. I'm telling these people this, but it feels it feels unnatural to me. Well, I think we're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll start properly when, when everything is set up. Well, because we can start doing it now, but I mean, like, I don't know. I think it's a good little. little Do I look into the camera? No, I think we just look at each other. Well, I think you can look into the camera when you want to say something disturbing to people. Like, I'm going to come down there. I'm going to fucking kill you, motherfucker. Like, I think that's a good thing to say into the camera. Right, but otherwise we tell each other. I think we're talking to each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Occasionally, the Sam. Sam, how do you feel about that? I need a camera. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> bo, 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 bo. Hey! Nah, but seriously, folks, here we are in Nonna's uh, side chapel. Nonna's den. Nonna's den. Nonna's How long have you been a Catholic for? Well, my whole life, really. Yes. Yeah. And you sort of go away and come back from the fa- uh, faith at mm. some point. Well, you know, like the, the standard thing, I think it's like a... It's a very common thing now, you know, you're raised Catholic, you're baptised, you're confirmed, you do all the stuff at school, whatever, Um, but then you leave school or whatever, and it's just like, I don't know. I don't know anyone who went to a Catholic school who was a Catholic, practising. Not a lot of them, yeah, yeah. So then it's like, yeah, you go and do your own thing, and at some point you get older and you go, oh, what am I doing? For me, it was a bit sooner than for most people, because I think I'm... Really good at failing. I was going to say you might have burnt out of the secular life a bit quicker. At twenty one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took me longer. I think I was. Yeah, I did all the 25. the drugs and the sex in that couple of years, mm. and then I was like, oh, nah, I don't think that's good. Uh, that's not working out. Um, so then it was like, oh, better go to. You do heroin? No, I hear that's the best one. That's the one that most appeals to me. Although cocaine, I'm told, is uh, perfectly acceptable for a Catholic to have. I don't think we should talk about cocaine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. One thing I know, yeah, that, I, I know where I'd like, because I'm, uh, there's like, there's a, there's a haughtiness that some cradle Catholics will have mm. to people who come to the faith. Like, yeah. maybe you shouldn't have an opinion on this. Yeah, yeah, sure. You've not been here for very long. Yeah, that's how I feel about you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, and they're not wrong either. But then you'll talk to people and they don't actually... Know anything. They know on eagle's wings. They know <laughs> Pope looks cool. Yeah. They know Nonno goes to mass. Yeah. Like, like, theologically, they can't talk about it. They don't really sure. want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. I think it's sort of repulsive to talk about yeah. it. And uh, they are uh, not only ignorant, but sort of like proud of that ignorance. Yeah. But also like that ignorance is part of what being a Catholic is. Yeah. We don't have to read the Bible. Sure. Like if I can, yeah, yeah. You weirdos, you've come into it. Yeah. 
I know, like, you know to genuflect when I get into the pew, and if you don't genuflect when you get into the pew, it's like... Are you fucking retarded? Mm, what's going on here? Yeah. Anglicans yeah. doing their little bow. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's astonishing to me how... I've told that story too many times. I was about to say how little people know, and then say, oh, my daughter going, a little person. <laughs> but there is... What is... Here's a weird thing about Catholicism, is that what they believe is sort of written down in this book. What we believe, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, as a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because that's part chapter one is yeah. we believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what we believe is written down more yeah. or less. If yeah. you want a firm answer, yeah. what is the Catholic Church's position on this? Yeah. Here it is. It's yeah. written down. Little no by ambiguity. By. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at other people's creeds at one point. I was looking at evangelical churches. Mm. Uh, like, what does Hillsong believe? Mm. And having done the catechism, it's weird going through... They're what we believe because it's so obviously written to avoid having any disagreements. Sure. Like every hot button theological thing that is a fault line that runs through evangelicalism, yeah. they don't want to touch. Yeah. With the exception of maybe Trinitarianism. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. But the Catholic Church says this is everything that we yeah. Like, you can argue with me on these things. Yeah. And to become a Catholic, you sit down yeah. with a priest, with a catechizing person, yeah. and you basically have a stoush about the things in this book. Yeah, yeah. And if you agree with all of them, you become a Catholic. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's... Yeah. It's a beautiful process. But it's also like, yeah, we, every single bit of it, we've done the arguments, right? Like, we've... Oh, that that bit you disagree with? Yeah, that was that that went for like 400 years. We figured it out, right? <laughs> A lot of people died. A lot died. of people died. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, you think uh, you're better than us? There are you're mass not better graves than us. in the south of France because of that point. <laughs> that's of right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and it's a nice thing though, like for, for you to come to it and be like, oh, I don't have to do all the work, mm. right? Like I don't have to like make it up. I don't have to like go through the Bible and be like, oh, what do I, what do I, how do I interpret this? Or what do I think about this? Or like, yeah. Is, is like, who is God? What, what's going on here? It's just like, yeah, it's all done. We figured it out. Well, this is, I mean, this is sort of a perverse thing to a, I was a, some sort of Protestant, mm. a number of different kinds of prot, and it's perverse that you don't start with the Gospels, is how it seems. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Even sure. like a very erudite Catholic yeah. won't necessarily spend a lot of time with the Bible, reading yeah. it through, start to finish. Yeah. Like even that uh, at a, at like a Baptist service. Yeah. They have a liturgical year, yeah. but like the readings will often be like, we're doing Mark. Yeah, we're yeah. From the yeah, start yeah. of Mark to we're, the end of Mark, and we're going to yeah, yeah. talk about all of Mark. Yeah. And that seems like a a legitimate way to approach. Like we have sure, yeah. the good news according yeah. to Mark. Yeah. If you wanted to know Christ, if you wanted to grow in your faith, why yeah. wouldn't you just read yeah, sure. the Bible? So yeah. why, did, why as a Catholic is this a better way? Right. Well, I think, well, because you're, you're automatically coming to that with a Protestant presupposition, mm. right? Like, well, that there is a Bible? No, well, not only that there is a Bible, but that the Bible is the source of truth, Yeah, right? Like, so you're coming to it going, and that's that's why Protestantism is so successful. And it's like, and I think it is the, the sort of ingrained position that most people have, which is like, oh, if I need to know what Christianity is, I read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, because that's the ultimate source of truth. But for Catholics, we'd say the Bible is one of the main sources of truth. It's a Bible. Well, it's our Bible. No, right? I'm still in the Trump line. Right, yeah, yeah. But he's standing yeah, right in front of the... <laughs> yeah. Is that your Bible, Mr. Trump? It's, it's a Bible. A Bible. Yeah. But it's... The, but, but we also have the tradition. We have tradition, we have magisterium, right? So it's like, oh, well, we come to this because, like, this is the proper way to interpret the Bible, right? Like, there is... 
the Bible isn't just sort of left in a vacuum and we have to figure it out from there. It's like, well, Christ left us a church, not a book, right? Christ didn't write the Bible. I mean, no, God the church is the, the author church of the leaves us the, yeah. the book. Yeah. And I think that's a very strong argument for the yeah. church. Because otherwise, I don't know where the claims of like biblical supremacy come from. Well, right? Yeah, like, you know, where is Sola Scriptura in the Bible? You love that one. I love that one. He's like trotting that out. Where does it say it? Where does it say it? Where does it say it in the book? Yeah. Well, because it's it's a, you know, like you have to have a hermeneutic starting point. You have yes. to have a, an epistemological point from which you're operating from. Yeah. So for Protestants, it's, well, we have to believe only in the Bible. Yes. But that's not in the Bible, right? Like you're making, you're already making an assumption. Whereas the Muslims, I think, have a stronger... God told us. God said this is the book. Yeah. And that's in... How do you know? Well, he told Muhammad. Yeah. How do you know he told Muhammad? He put it in the book. <laughs> there's a closed yeah, yeah. circuit to that that's exhausting. Yeah, it's small circles. Sheston talks about the, the yeah, small circles. Yeah. Max Nemo just sent me a message. Yeah. Um, it's a picture of him at the Belgian beer cafe with a Belgian beer in front of him and some cigarettes. And he just wrote breakfast. I'm not getting <laughs> these fun texts from <laughs> Vicious nature walks. <laughs> Um, I'm jealous, is all I'm saying. That he gets to go and do that. Yeah. That's a great fucking breakfast. Hey, point one is before chapter one. Yeah. That's weird. I never noticed that. Should and there's a bunch of stuff we're skipping before then in the book. Do we think we should begin the uh, catechism podcast with the um, the publication information? Should we talk through that? No, I don't think so. That's maybe I think a good addition for I think it's quite unnecessary. to the Patreon. The logo on the cover is adapted from a Christian tombstone in the catacombs of the Domitilla. What is a dom? What's the domit? Domit? Domitilla. Do you know what the Domitilla is? Something about sleeping. Domitilla. Which, oh, which dates from the end of the third century. The pastoral image of pagan origin was used by Christians to symbolize the rest and the happiness that the soul of the faithful departed finds in eternal life. That's nice. Hey, the image also su suggests certain aspects of the compendium. Mm. Do they not use that image on the non-compendium version? Nope. Oh, no, they oh, do. They do. They do. It's there. No, it's a different image. That's the same one. No, it what is the same one. Now, <laughs> Christ the Good Shepherd who leads and protects his faithful lamb by his authority of the staff. Is that a compendium too, though? No. That so is it. should we? Yeah, it's probably a good place right. to start. Okay, so what's a catechism, baby? So, yeah, like you said before, the church, if you ever want to find anything about what the Catholic Church believes, you can, right? Like, yeah. they got a book for that, you know? There's an app for that. Um, the Halo app. Yeah, yeah, Yet to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> we'll sponsor them, though. Um, Do you have the app? I don't want to get distracted. Please go on. No, I don't. No, um, neither do I. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, over the course of history, the church has had to explain itself, right? Like, you know, come to decisions mm. amongst itself about what it believes. And so, in that, you know, there have been catechisms in the past. So, catechism comes from, yeah, like to teach, basically. Yes. Um, so, the church has put together at various stages in its history, like documents, which are a summation of what it believes. Um, and yep. so, in the 1980s, Pope John Paul II thought, well, we need one for the modern world, so that's what this is, right? Like, this is the, the, the current catechism. So, trady Catholics will often not go with this catechism. Yeah. There's a lot of respect for the Baltimore catechism yeah, yeah, yeah. that I yeah. people say. And I've tried reading... Or the, the catechism of the Council of Trent. Yeah. yeah. 
neither of which I think suits the purposes of what we're doing here particularly well. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Why don't you think so? Uh, well, for one thing, well, Trent is, I mean, although great, it's a great yeah. catechism, is not, there are things that it doesn't get to because it's written in the 16th century. Yeah. Um, the Baltimore one is fine, but it's a very simple question and answer. Like, you, you use it to teach children, and I'm hoping our audience won't be children. Well, this is, I mean, this is very, um, this this reads as very Benedict JP two. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the way they wrote, the yeah. way they're there's stuff to discuss. There's yeah. some meat on the bone for this catechism. Well, yeah, and it's and it's meant to be like that, right? This yeah. is the sort of like the new way that Vatican two. You speaks. meant to have a chat about it. You meant yeah. to have the Holy Spirit come into you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they Freshness, wrote openness. They wrote this catechism, which is like quite wordy and quite long, obviously, as you can see. Um, but it's fine. But so then they they, they there was a a perceived need to make that a bit more comprehensible, I yeah. suppose. So that's why they came out with Compendium. And I think Compendium's fine. There are, like, a few points in it that I think you have to be sort of, like, put in a bigger context. But other yeah. than that, it's like... Well, it gets it done more quickly. It does, And much yeah. like an engagement, I think a catechism should be brief. Yes. Yes, it should be. Um, the good thing about the Compendium, just as a little note, is that, like, it's got... And you can find it on the Vatican website. You can find the full catechism on the Vatican website. You can find the compendium on the Vatican website. So you've it's free. You've got Pauline's in your town? If you've got a Catholic bookshop, I'm sure you'll yeah. be able to buy one of these things. On the inside of the compendium, next to the questions, it's got little like numbers, like 1 to 25 yeah. next to the first one. And that correlates to points 1 to 25 in the big catechism. Yes. Right? So if you're reading something and you're like, oh, I want to learn more about that, yeah. you can go to the big catechism. So point one here, which is Bam. 1 to 25, yeah. is if you want to break it down into granular detail, yeah. is actually 25 points yes. that they've summarised yes. in one point. exactly. Right. Yeah. And then you'll see throughout it that it's like some of them are quite long, right? Some of them are pithy little questions yeah. and answers that are actually dealt with in pages in the, the real catechism. Yeah. yeah. Which is also, I think, a good way that we can monetize this podcast. Absolutely. By, uh, you know, oh, public-facing one, yeah, yeah, point number one. <laughs> but if you want to see the next... 24 that go into making sense of that, you've got to pay. Because this studio, these cameras, they ain't cheap. But also, you can just look it up for free if you want. So. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why is... So, number one, what is the plan of God for man? Why is that before chapter one, do you reckon? Well, I, I love this is the first question. Yeah. And whenever I'm doing the catechism with people, I, you know, it's like, yeah, why are we asking this question first? Because it's, what is the meaning of life is the first question. And that is like, it's the question that you have, like, have to yeah. ask before any other question, right? Like, wh why is there something rather than nothing? Why are we here? So you don't get to chapter one until you take that one on board. Right, because you have to have like basic building blocks first, right? Yes. Like, like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. What's the bloody point? What is the plan of God for man? I'm taking stuff out of my pockets, getting in the way. All right, what is... Let's start. Oh, is everything running? Is everything up and running? Yeah, great. All right. What is the plan of God for man? So it says God infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. In the fullness of time, God the Father sent his son as the redeemer and savior of mankind, fallen into sin, thus calling all into his church and through the work of the Holy Spirit, making them adopted children and heirs of his eternal happiness. And so I think that's a great thing. And I always, when we get to the end of it, I always go back to this first point. Mm. And then go, we read it again, and then it's like, does that make sense now, right? And it's like, yeah, because that actually hits everything, right? Like, God is perfect in himself. Yes. He doesn't need us. Um, we need him. 
uh, in a plan of sheer goodness. So this is like a gratuity that God is doing by by making us right. Like he's he's doing us a kindness by creating us. Um, and what's why has he created us to be in communion with him, to be in a relationship with him? Mm. Um, how does he do that in the fullness of time? God the Father sends the Son and the Spirit um, and the Church. And we become adopted children of God and heirs to eternal happiness, right? Like, boom, that's it. That's the meaning of life. Case done. I guess the counterpoint here would be someone could say, no, it's not. These are... <laughs> Is this going to be the attitude you take in every No, question? but I want to start. I want to start, start with negation. Yeah. Because this is not. this is like... I think that's not just Catholicism, that first one. is. I don't see anything in there that mainline Protestants and the Orthodox wouldn't also... Thus calling all in his church, capital C, I think would be the... Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the big one? Is the capital... Well, because w- when we say that... We mean the Catholic Church. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes you're on Life FM and they say the church and you go, hold on. What is that? That's a very broad... Yeah, if you're, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, they believe in churches, sure. I mean, we will obviously break that down. Break that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, uh, I mean, that is not starting with a historical outlook, right? No, no, it's starting from like because it's an abstract question, right? Yeah. Like it's like, well, what's what's the meaning of life? Well, the meaning of life is to be happy with God forever. Um, oh, okay, that's the answer. Well, I think that I mean. Philosophically, that's a defensible point outside of Revelation and Scripture, and like we'll get to that mystery. very shortly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, we hunger, we yeah. yearn. Yeah, we feel the frustration of smacking our knee into the desk where the mixer is. <laughs> <laughs> it is an unusually shaped desk, but like we know that we're unsatisfied, and that yeah. um, hedonism doesn't. You know, it just keeps going. Yeah. There is an eternal hunger for something. Sure, yeah. And that we should, therefore, the thing that we're hungering for... No matter how much cocaine and sex you have, you're always going to want more. Yes. Yeah. But God is so great and so vast. Yeah. So we start here with, I mean, his infinite perfection, mm. that nothing but, like, our yearning is infinite. Yeah. We have a desire that is infinite. Yeah. And so we think that on the other side of that, there's is this can't. We've got a God-shaped hole in our heart. We've got a baby. God-shaped hole. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've been told that so much at pubs. <laughs> You've got a God hole, Jimmy. <laughs> what sort of pubs are you hanging out? The Exeter. <laughs> I think we should, like, the other thing is, like, I, we don't want to preempt too much, right? Okay. Like, I think, like, a lot of this stuff is good. <laughs> yeah, there's a fly. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of this stuff is, like, very relevant. But also, yeah, what, the chapter one starts with man's, Man's capacity for God, right? So it's like, okay, we've started with what's the meaning of life? Happiness with God. Okay, now what? Can we attain that, right? Man's capacity for God is the first chapter, right? Like, what capacity for God do we have? What is this God-shaped hole in our hearts, to use the cliche? Yeah. Um, so why don't we crack on? All right, that's fair. I'm willing to accept that and move on to chapter one, man's capacity for God. And so this scripture interspersed in here, but this is not scripture. This is St. Augustine. There are quotes from Scripture, yeah. from the saints, from the fathers, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. Do um, you want to read it? Yeah. Yeah. You are great, O Lord, and greatly to be praised, Ellipsis. You have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Which is a much nicer way of saying what I was trying to say before about hungering for the infinite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. But that's sort of how we start the catechism, is uh, you're unhappy, yep. you need something, yep. here's a very, very big thing, and it's made for you, and you're made for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we'll flesh that out. All yeah. right, 
let's do it. Let's actually get into it with what feels like really the first one. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Two, why does man have a desire for God? God himself, in creating man in his own image, has written upon his heart the desire to see him, even if this desire is often ignored. God never ceases to draw man to himself, because only in God will he find and live the fullness of truth and happiness, for which he never stops searching. By nature and by vocation, therefore, man is a religious being capable of entering into communion with God. This intimate and vital bond with God confers on man his fundamental dignity. There's just so much that to unpack. Can we just do that line by line? Yes, right. we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God himself... In creating yeah. man in his own image has written upon his heart the desire to see him. There's so, like four things in that, though. Yeah, like there is. Yeah. So, there's God. Yeah. We are created in his image. God himself? God himself creates us in his image. Not very yeah. PC. Very unpc. Yeah, there's going to be lots of unpc things in here, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> and he's, and he, he's made us. present tense. In creating man in his own image. Well, he still creates. Yeah. Yeah. You have children. And then, you have co created Then with we God. move to the past tense. Yeah, creating man has written upon his heart the desire to, and then future tense, to see. I mean... Has written in our nature at the beginning of time as the author of our nature for eternal happiness in the future. You're going to be really pedantic about the tenses, aren't you? Well, you don't get to put three different (laughs) tenses in one sentence and not have I think you do in German. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's very... It's very them, isn't it? So even if our desire is ignored, even if we ignore our desire for God, right? We choose yep. to do the cocaine and sex route. Um, God never ceases to draw man to himself, right? He's always giving us grace. He's always asking us to be in a relationship with him. Yeah. Um, no one's ever passed that. Um, so we're saying here what the human condition is. Yeah. You have a calling for God. You're yeah. crying out for God. Yeah. You have this. It's written in your nature. It's written in who you are because yeah. you're made in the image of God. So God has made us to desire him yeah. and to suffer when we don't have that. Well, I don't think he's made us specifically to suffer if we don't have that, but it... by That's an effect of not... Yeah, it is an effect. Yeah, 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 sure. But it's, it's not like... I wouldn't say like, oh, God has created us to suffer without food. He's made us to eat, right? Like, we have to eat. We're going to suffer if we don't, right? Because eating is good for us. Yeah. But he's not going, ha-ha, I'll create I'll these people. Yeah. I'll hurt you. Yeah. I yeah. mean that is the, that is the argument you hear from people all the time though is yeah. that like why would why would a why would a good god make us to suffer without him Yeah yeah but then this is also the difficulty in that it's describing a situation as it is like we find that we do suffer without you know to go Jordan Peterson about it yeah. and reduce it to Sure yeah yeah you know if we're without searching for the highest idea and the, and the pinnacle, what are you doing? There's a you've got to reach out and touch the biggest, hardest, most difficult thing. Now, Jordan, if you're watching, um, and I hope you are, yeah, we love you. We love you. It's all in good fun. Um, but also, there's a simpler way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like the other thing is, it's not making an argument, really. Like the, the catechism is not. It's not seeking to convince you. Yeah, it's just saying this is what we believe. This is what we believe. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think the reason it works and it resonates is it's like sort of inviting to a question. Here's our view yeah. of human nature. Yeah. Um, Does this fit with you? Are you unhappy? Are you unhappy? Maybe this is why. Yeah. Which is also how a therapist will get you to try and leave your husband. <laughs> like, it's a good trick. <laughs> well, we're going to try and keep you with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Which will make you very unhappy. Depending on who the husband is. Well, yes, depending on who you are, I suppose. Um, but this is what I like. What I, I want to I make this point because this feels important to me. Yeah. Is that it's, 
Like, does this resonate with you? Like, yeah, it's yeah. just being stated as a fact, and the church is saying with authority, yeah. hey, this is how it is. Yeah. Right? And um, and if, like, I guess the only reason you would keep going... What, whose church. authority is it saying? Right? The church isn't saying it on its own authority. It's not saying in order to, like, like and this is the other thing, like, yeah. to trap you. It's mm. like, oh, we're going to get you locked into this and get all this money from you, right? It's like, yeah. no, we're saying this on the authority of God, right? Like, we think God has told us this stuff. We think God has told us this stuff, and yep. then spontaneously for thousands of years, it does seem to resonate with people yep. over and over and over again yeah, sure. that this is an apt description yeah. of human nature. And that's not just like, oh, well, people in the Dark Ages were really dumb and they didn't know what they were doing, so I don't yeah. think they were that dumb. People um, are as unhappy now as they were then. Yeah, and people are as dumb now as they were then as well. So, dumber, I might say. All right, so point one, you're super dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> And you can ignore that desire. So, but, but by nature, yeah. right? So it's written in our nature and by vocation. So what we're called to do, um, man is a religious being, right? And that, that's the old like C.S. Lewis thing. Like, you know, we are religious creatures mm. um, and we will worship something, right? Like, but that God is full. God's perfect. Yep. God's unmoving. He's blessed in himself. Yep. And you're not. Well, he doesn't need our worship. No. He's inviting us to it. He wants us. Yeah. He loves us. Because he loves us, but right? But that we need yeah, because, and it, because it makes us who we're supposed to be. Adopted children and heirs of his eternal happiness. Mm-hmm. So this intimate and vital bond with God confers on man his fundamental dignity. So it's our, our dignity, which is a broad term we'll get to later, um, like, you know, the, the thing that makes us who we are yeah. comes from this relationship with God, even if we ignore it, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I'm not worshiping God, so I don't have the dignity. No, you do, because God is calling you to him. Mm. That's what gives you the dignity. We're going to have to talk about what dignity is. We will, and we will get to that. But I think we should crack on. Okay. Continue, yeah. But uh, this is, I mean, this is a, a reason I think that it's good to do the catechism with somebody, because I haven't done this in like seven years. Yeah. Uh, I've got an arts degree. I sure. read I read big books all the time. Yeah. It's super dense. Yeah. And there's a lot here, like even little things like... Um, Things like adopted children and heirs, like yeah. those words have been struggled over and fought over. Yeah, you could, we could do an hour on that, on just like why adopted? Why? I, I think we, we do get we to get divine to adoption quite. But quickly, I just mean yeah. like it's it's also it's nice to have you going. Let's move on. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a bit because yeah. it ref, it refers to itself and yeah, some things lead to other things. Well, and the other thing is that and this happens all the time when people go through the catechism. Yeah, you sort of get you can get stuck on it if you if you're just looking for the answers quickly. Um, it's yeah. like, no, there's a whole book here. Can I jump right? off? Is that allowed? 244. <laughs> That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's actually much more direct. Later, later yeah, yeah, on, yeah. it becomes more direct. We like, get to jerking No. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, spoiler alert, no. <laughs> but that no is very intimate and connected and there's so much going on behind the no, you know? All right, number three. Read, read, read. How is it possible to know God with only the light of human reason? Now, I would, like, this is where I, I like to stop here and go... Ask people, is it possible to know God? Do you want me to hold the microphone while you talk and roll your cigarette at the same time? I would love for you to yeah, do that. Come on. Can I roll the cigarette, actually? No, I don't trust oh, you to I roll the cigarette. It. I'm just yeah. doing it. Um, yeah, is it possible to know God by the light of human reason? Most people think not, right? But most people's instinct is to say, no, you can't know God by the light of human reason. You have to have faith, right? But, like, that's the, the church isn't even saying that at the start. It's like, is it possible to know God? No, they're saying, how is it possible? Of course, it's assumed that it is possible to know God by the light of human reason. Well, the Greeks, I mean, Plato, 
We got that. We got that. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's right. We have virtuous pagans, and we have people who are spiritual, not religious, and spend a lot of time thinking. Mm-hmm. Who get to the point where they think there's a god. Yeah. And if you talk to certain people, they they feel like it's self evident. But, sure, I mean, but I think, like, for most, like, Catholics or, or even Christians, like, generally speaking, yeah. or people who were just, like, by osmosis, familiar with Christianity because of the culture, um, yeah. you know, we live in a Christian culture, whatever, that would sort of go, oh, well, like, it's not a rational proposition, right? Faith, belief is not a rational proposition. And the church is here saying, straight up, it not is, even saying, yeah. oh, we're going to debate that point, that is saying... It's obvious that the, that it's a rational proposition. So how is it possible? Well, I feel this is a good one to get stuck into. Mm. This is where I've struggled for years because I've felt, you know, ultimately depending on how I feel, if I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, yeah. it does seem self-evident that either there is a God and everything makes sense yeah. or that obviously there's no God and sure. it's just all abstract yeah. and it's just all shit bouncing around and it gives it fun. Like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean, yes. Like, obviously there's no point. Obviously we're just all atoms and meaningless, uh, you know. And people are deluded. No, nah, man. that knowing. God infinitely and perfectly himself has... Uh, no, yeah. Uh, so, starting from creation, that is from the world and from, human, and from the human person, through reason alone, one can know God with certainty as the origin and end of the universe, as the highest good, and as infinite truth and beauty. And so, where does the church get this idea from? Well, it does come, like you said, from... Um, you know, righteous paganism, basically, right? So it's like, okay, well, if Aristotle can stumble his way to an idea of an infinite God, which he sort of does, mm. and so does Plato, then it's sort of like, well, okay, well, it's it seems like without revelation, without the old covenant or the new... People manage to do it. People manage to do it. So if they can do it, then anyone can do it, right? Like, because we all have the same nature, which means we all have the same rational capacities. Um, so it is just... It is just sort of self-evident that you can. Um, today, that seems like quite not reasonable because people do think of faith as well, an unreasonable thing. All right, you would start with something like a conception of the universe. Why does something exist yep. instead of nothing? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, I think we would say, like, oh, there has to be a prime mover. There has yep. to be something to start nothing. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, in a Newtonian view of physics... Fine. Like, cause and effect, there is an effect, there has to be a cause. Sure, yeah. But you look at, you know, when people are talking about, like, quantum mechanics and string theory, yeah. they're looking at parts of physics where it just doesn't seem to make a, a lick of sense yeah. at all. Yeah. They say things like, I've heard, I've heard it said, and I don't understand it because I'm not a physicist, mm. but, like, maybe the universe just wants to exist. Maybe matter is of a kind where it would rather exist than not exist. And this is not unusual. Right. That if you have a vacuum, something will spontaneously spring out of a vacuum. And we shouldn't take what we can see and test as indicative of the metaphysical laws of nature. Well, okay, so there are two... Yeah, there's a few things going on there. So yeah. one is like, you're, yeah, as a physicist, you're studying nature yeah. as an observer. What you're not doing is coming to metaphysical propositions about nature, right? Like, and, if, and when physics does that, and it, I think tries to do that quite a bit, um, it's actually straying outside of the boundaries of good science, right? Because it's not—it's no longer observing; it's ascribing motive, right? Like it's sort of like, oh, matter would rather exist than not exist. Why? Well, I mean, and you can't have—and you can't have something out of nothing, right? And that is like, you, like, yeah, physics don't have something out of nothing. But they would just say maybe you can. No, but no, but the reason they're going, oh, the string theory stuff—it's like, well, that's something, right? Like, that's not nothing. 
No. Right, so you, you can't have something other, out of nothing unless you have a metaphysical principle like God mm. um, who is because he is, you know. But, like, maybe time is eternal and matter is eternal. And, like... We'll get to the eternity of time, which is not real, um, later. <laughs> sure. But, I mean, there's a... I mean, it's also... It's, it's worded in a, cl- a clever way. How is it possible to know God with only the light of human reason? Like, it's not as bold a claim as saying, um, with human reason, you will know God. It's, no, it's, it's like it it's is possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. because we have people who haven't had divine revelation. Yeah. Who got to a point... And the reason we have them in the Western canon, yeah. while they survive, is because, like, Socrates went about saying things and Plato wrote them down yeah. that are hauntingly similar yeah. to the point we get to. But also you get things like, you know, when the, the Jesuits get to China in the 16th century, they're yeah. like... Oh, got filial piety. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. not more than filial piety, right? Yeah. Like, um, Matteo Ricci, who was a, was a Jesuit... Um, who went to China and he was like, got in with the sort of intelligentsia of China at the time. And he transcribed from the Vulgate to Chinese, the gospel. I am sorry. Is your phone ringing? Yeah. Give me one moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hello? Yes. How are you? Yes. Is my wife not home? Oh, Oh, give me one second. I'll give her a call. Thank you. Oh, I've, I've fucked up with the piano tuner today, Jack. Oh, no. My wife is... Ah, I told her 11, but she's taken my daughter to Atrium. Are Paul and Mads home? I hope so. Ah, the one day. Hello, honey. Hello? 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 She's answered it, but... I. Well, I haven't got any other money. That's Susan. Hello? Hello? (laughs) Fucking hell, Jimmy. Let's hope they're home. They're probably home. Ah, what a big fucking idiot. How's all the tech stuff going? All right, a little good. bit of kinks ironing out yeah, as yeah. we go, but it's, it's at a point now where... The person you are calling is not available. Come on! Uh, think, well, Mad's a bit atrium too, right? No, no, he doesn't go. Um, ah, I'd never save Mads' number because it's such a cool number with so many ones and fours, and I love it popping up my phone. It's like, one, one, four, four, one, one, one. It's only got ones and fours. No one will be able to figure out how to call her from just that. <laughs> but, uh... I think we'll be cutting this This is going straight to the... Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> ah! You're stressing me out, man. I've got a piano tuner. I've never done this before. I don't know. Their time is valuable. Communication. Married. Oh, one person I know if they'd pick up their phone. One. Now, ah, Susan was with Tay because I, when my wife answered the phone but I couldn't hear her. My dad Susan. lives around the corner from you. It could be great, but he won't be able to get into my house. Has he got a piano in his chair? pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Has he got a 
a piano and it's tuning. Piano tuners and locksmiths, so I think they run in the same circle. Yeah, 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 sure. It feels like the same. Yeah, hi, James. Susan here. Hi, Susan. Are you with Tay? Uh, oh, no, I've just come to the supermarket to try and buy some stuff, and um, yeah, I couldn't use the phone, but uh, that's fine. Well, yeah, no, I'm not, but I'm about to... Oh, no, I just thought I could hear your voice when I tried calling her and she answered her phone. It sounded like you were there. So I was trying to get to her, but someone else with a similar voice must have been with her. You've got her phone. <laughs> uh, well, the, uh, the, uh, no, if you're stressed, don't worry about it. No, no, that's okay. I have, my, the piano tuner has just shown up and, and she's out at Atrium instead of being up. Uh, is is Paul a med's home? Hello? Honestly, 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 I think this is probably good Patreon content. What do you think? I wouldn't want to watch it myself. I'll be putting it out on my channel. Don't you worry about that. This is going on the James McCann channel. Because I've here and it's unpleasant to experience it <laughs> can one of them one of them one of them one of them it's all my fault why why does susan have taylor's phone i don't know James, I think I'm going to have to cancel it, dude. The piano tuning? Yeah. I just have to race over there. He's also, he's 40 minutes late. <sighs> Can you tell that God has moved me and made me a patient, normal human being? No, I can't. It's like, how many problems do you solve for people a day? Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Throwing a bit of Lebanese in that, oh. <laughs> when, when James goes Lebanese, you know something's going on. Um, who else can we call?